Welcome to the Digital Brand Builder Podcast, where we bring you the best growth strategies from the world's experts to help build your business fast. And now, here's your host, Mark Fidelman. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Digital Brand Builder Podcast. Joining me today is Doc Williams. He's a solution architect who specializes in helping entrepreneurs build actionable goals, develop strategies, and level up their business. And today, and I'm very interested in this because I have a course coming out, we're going to discuss how to develop a signature product or service. And very excited to welcome Doc to the show. He's got his own podcast. We'll talk about that in a second. Doc, welcome to the show. And can you give us maybe a 100-word bio about yourself? Yeah, well, Mark, again, thank you so much for allowing me to be on the show, and I'm excited to be here. Uh, the bio about me, I, I've been in the digital space for about a decade, and I pretty much have done it all, spanning from having a brick-and-mortar business to working with uh, VaynerMedia and AppSumo. So uh, it ranges from writing, copywriting, all the way to app building, and um, and having a drone license and doing content for drone racing and stuff like that. Wow, I need to know those things about you. So tell me about your your experience with VaynerMedia and then drone racing. What I don't. No <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So Vayner. So I started working with uh, VaynerMedia about two and a half years ago. It started with Vayner Sports and. Um, Originally, I was working, well, I mean, not originally, but at, at the time I was working for ESPN. I was a journalist there and I was doing a lot of writing for um, sports magazines and uh, VaynerMedia came out. I heard about it and I was like, you know what? We need to start talking about this. So got to work with uh, AJ and Vayner Sports did a story. And then afterwards, they saw that when we came in to work with them, we had a full team. Uh, I worked with uh, I worked with a very talented videographer, and we built stories around. Uh, well, we we document stories, so they loved that. Um, and then we from there we just hit it off and did a couple more projects with them. Uh, we released something called the Gary V Content Model 2.0 at the end of 2019, and worked with uh, another entity under Vayner Media called Sasha Group, and uh, and those guys over there. Wow. Okay, and then. Drone racing? What? I mean, I, I've seen this. I have no clue how they wearing VR masks, essentially, yep. and they're going through these abandoned warehouses, and they're making tight corner turns, and it, it's phenomenal to kind of watch. I, I just don't know how they do it. Yeah, I, I mean, it, in a in a very concise way. Basically, they can train. So there's also simulators. So even before you start using the drones, you there are so many different applications now that help the the um, the pilots to do that. And you know, it's really the industry. It, it it's it's a spectacle for sure. But then people start diving into and what you can do. It's awesome that not only uh, the pilots learning how to do all those things and they go through simulations, then they get the actual drones. But then there are so many architects that build the VR environments for these pilots and everything. It's a really expanding industry. And um, yeah, so uh, a couple of years ago, um, my same videographer that I always work with, he's like, people are asking for drones and I do that. And we, we did it for for real estate and other things. He's like, you need to get your license. Well, got my license. And then when they do drone racing, you also need uh, different ones on the ground 
uh, that have their license there to participate or be there for the pilots. So um, it's a very roundabout way, but I had that experience. And then it's very, very odd. One of the guys that used to work in CrossFit um, and in other entities where I used to be in those in that field, he then became uh, basically the... I don't want to say it might have been the CMO, but he mm-hmm. does all of the branding for uh, the leagues there for for drone racing. So we had another connection, and then there you go. Wow! So <laughs> what happened then? You took all this experience, and then you created Brand Factory. How how did that all? How did that work? Yeah. So uh, in between working for ESPN, I started ghostwriting and started writing with, uh, writing for athletes and building out marketing funnels. And w- the main thing was a lot of times we had these great athletes, great trainers. They had great stories, but they didn't know how to brand themselves at all. And when I started working with them, I was only going to stay in fitness, but every time I was around them, there would be other people from other industries like, I know you just work with athletes, but can you do this for me? You know, I'm, I'm doing something in real estate. Can you do this for us? And yeah, we could because we always focus on the personality and what made them interesting in their storyline. And then we could, you know, basically build a signature product in a box for them. And that's where it came from Brand Factory. And because, you know, entrepreneurs come in, brands come out, and we started packaging different, um, different services. And that's how we got Brand Factory Inc. Okay, so let's kind of walk through, and this is the topic, and this is what I want everyone to learn. I want to learn, frankly, Doc. Um, how do you develop a signature product or service? How do, how do, tell, walk us through the steps. Yeah, so the first step uh, we do is we have this assessment called the three path to uh, success, and it's just an assessment. But uh, in, a, in a nutshell, all it is is we're looking at an inventory of what you're great at and what you like doing and also how you move in time and space. So what does that look like? Well, first we got to find out, okay, are you a showman? Do you like being in front of people a lot? Do you, can you sell things? Do you enjoy that? Do you get energy being around people? Um, the other category would be, uh, you know, you're a teacher. Do you like going deep and talking about something and then allowing a result to happen? Do you like that? Are you fulfilled by that? And then the third one is, are you an explorer? You know, you, you can be around people, but what you love being, uh, doing is going deep, being by yourself, being very analytical, going deep into a subject. And then when you're done, you have this wonderful gem. You come out on the other end and you want to share that with the world. And 99.999% of some uh, people, they fit into these three categories. And uh, from there, we have a way to build content and test it to your target audience to see not what you want to create, but what the audience is saying after you present them with something, this information, this content, they're going to perk up and say, mm, I want that or mm, this is my struggle. I need something like that. And then it's digging into that process and refining it. And that's how we find that signature product. Okay. So that's how you find it, right? And you, you listen, which is great. You listen to what your audience wants. Maybe you test some things as well you know, come back to them a little bit. All right. So then how do you go about implementing that? All right. Good time. So this is my favorite part. So this is where we, we had the Gary V content model 2.0. So we create a, 
a pillar piece of content. So either podcasting, a live stream, something where it's long form and you can connect with your audience. And we put it in front, say for instance, if someone's like, well, I love talking or I love doing this kind of thing. And I, and Mark, if you want me to go into examples, how we do with other brands, let me know. And I can't, but yeah, I, I, I do as, as, as part of this. Yes. Yeah. So, I'll, okay. So we'll give an example. So one of the things was we had this one athlete, her name's Christmas Abbott. She was on Big Brother. She was a big star in CrossFit for over a decade. And so she was trying to figure out what her signature product was. And at the time she was just doing, um, you know, re resource guides or meal, meal supplements, uh, prep kind of things. And so to go through this, we asked her, hey, why don't you do a live workout? Why don't you start recording yourself on, on Instagram and see what the comments are? And from there, when she was doing the workouts, she then saw a huge uh, shift of what people were saying when she was doing these live workouts and asking her certain types of questions and what they're looking for. Well, it turns out she's very, she's very bubbly. She's just great, has a great personality. Tons of people wanted a retreat or just to get to know her. So it was less about necessarily, necessarily the information. It was just getting to be around her. Well, from there, then we did a series of seminars and had her do a, a full tour in the US. And from there, she, she was able to replicate what people wanted. It wasn't just the help with the fitness and the meal plan. They wanted to have her reassurance in what was going on. And then from that signature um, uh, program, she sold out all across the US of, and then she went international with the same program. And then after that iteration, we came back and did a virtual version, what we learned from, from all those interactions. Okay. And I mean, as you're like building this or, you know, I come to you, we figure out what to do. How do we then turn that into a product, not just turn it into a product. And I think you'll get into this, but then how do you market it? Yeah. Yeah, so there, there's basically, there's something we call the pirate ship. And um, basically what we're looking for is the, the early adopters, people that love you and want to give you feedback. So how do we do this? Uh, it, it's as simple as first, I'm talking to a client. I'm saying, okay, what do you, what, how are you going to be changing the world? How are you changing this industry or the, these kind of people? What happens? The person says, you know, one of the clients, hey, I think I want to show up here. I want to do this. Um, but I'm not sure, or that's what I'm leaning towards. Okay. So for an example, I, you know what, Mark, do you want, can you go through an example and I can plug it in? Can you feed me? Something? Yeah. Why don't I, uh, can I shamelessly plug my own thing? Let's do it. Love it. All right. So I have a course, I, I've got a lot of experience in helping companies create their own, like let's say branded TV sh or let's say YouTube shows. And, uh, I've got a lot of experience with helping companies uh, create short video vignettes for like TikTok and Instagram and Facebook. And my, but my thing is not just how you do it and how you do it well and how you set yourself up for success, but it's how you then turn that into revenue. So it's, it's a kind of these videos that have a funnel attached to them, a sales funnel, a very, very robust one. And so I've created a course because, you know, I'm only you know, my team is only one team and we can't, can't scale this out. So we're, we're creating a course, especially for those that can't afford it. So for me, that's 
a signature course of mine. I've got a lot of experience, uh, love helping people, love to see more of this medium uh, take off, uh, especially now, you know, as companies are stuck at home and what better time to be doing it. And so that's, that's kind of my signature thing. So how, how should I now take this course, which is almost wrapped up, package it up, and then, you know, let the right people know about it. I don't want to, you know, the, the world doesn't care, but there are some people, and, and I know there's a lot of companies that, that would love to know more about this. That's a really good question. So first of all, I would start with uh, taking inventory. So you already have the course, you have all those things. Uh, do you already have a few businesses in your mind that are like, listen, if they had the power of this, they could really do damage with their company. Uh, is it a brick and mortar business that you feel like aren't showing up online? Who, who, do, you, who do you personally know, like it, it just top of mind that comes to, it, maybe not the business name to mention them, but what kind of business is that? Who comes to mind? So any technology business. So a lot of B2B uh, businesses should be doing this. There's no better medium for getting the word out than, than video, especially when we're talking about, you know, targeting millennials uh, or even older decision makers. In, in these techno uh, technology platforms, what kind of technology platforms are they? Are they infrastructure? What, what are they doing? Uh, they... If we're going to narrow it down, they would be providing services like SaaS services to mm -hmm. other businesses, like a, a Salesforce, for example, or an Oracle, mm -hmm. or an IBM, or Microsoft. And by the way, I've already done this for those companies. But let's just take a, a, a medium-sized company because a large company, very bureaucratic, hard to yeah. you know, kind of get through. But a mid-size or even a well-funded startup yeah. would be very wise to do this. Yeah. So I would, I would show up in a couple different ways. Number one, if it's more startups, I'm going to ones where they're either at, I'm targeting them at meetups or I'm seeing a lot of startups are huge on Twitter. And uh, if even midsize, if they have the traction, they already have, you know, they've been making sales. They're just not showing up online. I'm already creating uh, a list of five to 10 mid-size and then five to 10 startups. And what I'm doing is I'm just approaching two at a time, maybe two a day. And I'm explaining, to, I'm outreaching to the startup saying, hey, love what you're doing right here. I love the product because of X, but I'm seeing that you're not showing up here X, Y, and Z. And I think you need to be doing this with videos. I've gotten a solution for you. And I would just want to know if you, you'd be interested to hearing about it. Now, I, I know these seems very basic, but I think even making just that little bit of custom or showing that you know about them and providing what they need to do, it, it's going to help them automatically want to have that conversation. Now, of course, I'm saying this not at scale. You can't be doing yeah. this with, with a thousand. But if I can get on board five startups and five mid-size, I've already walked them through this and I already have them for the testimonial for my launch of the course. I can scale it because I already have five examples and they're already pivotal in that industry. And now I'm just scaling it and I'm rinsing, repeating it in different uh, verticals of different technology types of businesses. Okay. So I think it's a great idea. And then you probably learn through that interaction as to it, exactly. what the is objections it, are. Yeah. And that's why I was saying, 
Yeah. And that's a good part, Mark. Like I only approach two at a time because if I just do a, a full campaign, I'm like, I got these 15, whatever I, I could be learning, you know, well, what questions are they asking? What object, what things I didn't think about? They're like, well, how would this work? Well, do I need to attach a preview video or a walkthrough of what the course would do? And then the solution. But if I approach two at a time, I can, I can reasonably be okay with it. Um, but I can learn a lot and I don't, uh, kind of, I don't go through my entire list all at once. Uh, maybe, you know, during that 15 at, you know, the 15th, I really wanted to land that. If I can learn five or six times over and over again, I'm going to get that person by the end. Okay. So this, this is a great way to start and a great way to learn from that. And uh, it's not a step I anticipated. I, I basically was going to, you know, put it out there in a lot of different mediums through influencers, affiliates, and my own social network. So this is an interesting step uh, to take in order to learn more uh, about how people are going to react to it. That's, that's very good. Yeah. And then once I have the copy, once I've already gone through it, I've done a test run, they've gone through the course, I have completions, I already have that. Then I look at the influencers that use those products and services, and then I go to them. Because if I'm already noticing an influencer is using some of those systems or those platforms, then I'm like, hey, guess what? This is a system that you're using, right? So if I'm thinking about ConvertKit, like for instance, um, using uh, ConvertKit, I see that all these bloggers or all these influencers are using ConvertKit, Pat Flynn, et cetera, et cetera. I say, hey, Pat, like I already got ConvertKit. ConvertKit went through this. This is their testimonial. I think this would be really good for your audience. I think this would be really good for you. This is what I propose to do. And I'm either having already a outline of a campaign and conversion of like, okay, you would get this amount if you promote it to your audience, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm looking for a long-term, maybe not a huge long-term, but a campaign that builds trust authority for my course. And it's getting uh, all of that warm traffic from their audience to convert over. And uh, that's, that's the next step I go with. Okay. Wonderful. This is great information. And I know there's a lot more that you do, but I, I wanted to stay uh, somewhat uh, at the 10,000 foot view because we could be here for three hours, I'm sure, just explaining all everything that you would, you would do in this situation. So let's move to, okay, now I've got a good understanding of what the objections are, what the messaging is, you know, how I should change things. Then I want to go mass scale. So what would I do or what have your sports uh, stars done or anybody done in order to get this out to the right people that you know will buy it? Yeah. So after that, it's, it's really just two steps. Um, once we already have the numbers, the analytics, how it's improved people's life, how, you know, the return, everything like that, then we're partnering with bigger brands and in the space. So huge brands. So like, say for instance, we, we go into two different steps, right? So if it's an athlete, number one, we're going to first, will the team sponsor it? Will the team talk about it? Okay. After that, can we be at conferences such as uh, the NFL Player Association? Can we do um, different demonstrations how this goes? So for an example, we worked with a sports agent. Um, they were representing clients. They wanted to have a system in place, this methodology to show how athletes can start saving their money and investing the right way. So then they did a presentation at the 
the player association. So now you're getting all the targeted people. You're getting already one of their clients saying, yes, I've used them and this is what I've been able to invest. And now we're having a primed pump as it were, because we have a room of all of these 300 plus people that are in the perfect situation to invest in what we want. Um, so that's one example. The other example is, um, South by Southwest, uh, when we were working with uh, a number of ones, when they were trying to first have their authority be gained from there, they, we already knew who was on South by Southwest, which panel we wanted to target. And then we talked about, okay, this is going to be your positioning of this product. You're going to be in front of these people. And then we're going to be uh, promoting it from the stage. And then we had the list of the different uh, brands that were going to be represented to look for a new product. And then because they were already there, we looked up who they were, and then we proceeded to talk with them during the rest of the festival. I like the thinking here. Is there anything that you've seen around, you know, providing something that, I don't know, they call it a lead magnet, you know, and marketers call it a lead magnet, but something to kind of tease people into, you know, uh, looking further into whatever signature product or service that, that, that the athlete or or I'm kind of charging. Have you seen Have you seen anything like that? Yeah, it, it it's really custom the best. You know, so I'll give you an example of one. But I mean, it really just depends. I usually try to take a bite size deliverable, and it's instant gratification, and that's my lead magnet. Mm. Um, so. Um, one of the, the, okay, so I'll give you an example of one of the athletes. So Christmas again, so to make sure that we, so we were testing her signature before she expanded it. Um, people, we, we found out that tons of people like, I just want to meet you, everything like that. Well, to see if it was even a draw for her to be at live events for, would people show up? We did a scavenger hunt and we're just like, Hey, opt in for this and you'll get the exact location where you can find her at this event. And we had 2,000 people opt in in 36 hours. So then we knew, okay, that was enough. She's a draw. Now we can, pip, um, we can use that data. So when we position and want her to speak at different events, um, she, she can show these numbers. And then right off the bat, they're like, oh, wait, she already knows her number. She already has a lead magnet. She already is business-minded. Okay, go from there. So for me, for a lead magnet of what's happening, I, I really think it's it's something that someone can see from. Uh, in, okay, for example, like for us, we have a whole program, all this stuff with Gary Vee and all this stuff. But we have the three path assessment. That's been the greatest lead magnet for us because then we can just say, hey, in three minutes, you'll know what kind of content you need to create. You don't ever need to work with us or anything like that. It's instant gratification. They know what kind of content they need to create, but it still gives them enough questions or if they're intrigued, they're saying, well, I know my personality type of what kind of content I need to create, but now I don't know how to create long form content or now I don't know how to do this. I can need to contact them, but it's instant gratification. I, they don't need to wait for me. I don't have to give them the response. Um, an example of this, we had a client where we built their signature product was an app and they were working with, again, it was scratching their own itch, they needed a, a faster way of working with athletes or talents and for them to respond to um, interview requests. So we just built out a form, all of the major industries, if you want a pro athlete 
what, you know, to contact you, fill in this form, let us know what kind of um, athletes you need to talk to, and we'll let you know within six hours. Hmm. So originally, it's the app, we want them to be on onboarded onto the app for them to start um, paying. So, you know, they obviously they get a percentage of every conversion, whatever, but we were solving a, a huge problem that they were having at these events, Super Bowl, all these other things. Uh, like say last year there was a Super Bowl. Uh, one of the athletes, uh, they, for some reason, boxers, they always want to talk to boxers at these football events. But anyway, th- this is what they wanted. This, um, this one client that we had, we built out this form, this lead magnet, she has all the brands in their contact and the right person in their department. And now she can have the conversation with the app. Wow. I think mean, these are just amazing suggestions and ideas. Um, and I know we could, again, go on and on and on about it. So in kind of wrapping things up, is there anything else that we didn't cover? And I know we're at the 10,000 foot level, but you know, when you develop a signature product or service, I know how difficult this is. There's thousands of steps, but is there anything at a high level that we didn't cover that you'd like to cover that you do when you're working with your clients? Well, you know, it, it's kind of like throughout the whole process, but I, I really think it's important to be objective and to have, you're keeping score. There's going to be tons of iterations of different product ideas, everything. You've got to have some kind of place that you're storing it. It could be a Google sheet. It could be whatever, but I'm writing down the idea. I'm describing what kind of idea is that? Is it a product? Is it physical? Is it digital? What is it? What's the deliverable? Who is it for? And then instead of us just going back and like, that felt good, this went there, we can objectively look at, okay, what worked? What test did we do? What was the result in this quick MVP? Did someone say they were going to buy it? Did they say they want to be on a, on a wait list? Do, if we say, hey, this is going to be pre-ordered, put down $500, are they doing it? We might, you know, if it doesn't work, we'll give the money right back, but we're looking for that buy-in. So I think it's really important to, to start having an inventory of looking at what's working, what's not working. So then you can have clear eyes when you go to develop that. Hmm. All right. Wow. Very well said. Okay. So we're going to wrap things up. I have two questions, Doc, that I ask everybody. Uh, the first is, what is the hottest digital marketing technology that you are using or want to use? Mm. Oh man, I can only pick one. <laughs> well, you can pick two. Oh my God. Okay. Well, oh man, there's so much. Okay. So there's one thing that we're really experimenting with and we've been having really good results and that's Lens Studio. Um, that's creating augmented reality or different types of uh, content on the Snap uh, platform. So that's been really, really exciting. And then uh, the second one is um, there's a couple of no-code tools, uh, but creating um, voice applications for brands. So those are the two that, because there's so much, I, I can't remember, it, it's, it's astronomical how fast people are using voice to search versus regular search on Google. So creating voice apps that make sense for people's brands, that is going to just keep that's going to be so important in the next two to five years. So those are the two things we're doing. Wonderful. And I didn't know people were still on Snapchat. <laughs> yes. Is it still pretty it's popular? so true. See, and that's what I love about it. It's, it's, it's having a really big rebound, um, especially with everyone staying in. But for the last eight months, it's pretty much, it, it's, it's like how Snap was when they first were getting hot. But it's yeah. really understanding what's happening. And what we're finding is geo-filtering, geo-retargeting. 
that has been instrumental in the numbers. We had something where, I, I mean, uh, I'll stop if I, tell me to stop, Mark, if you don't want to hear. No, this. no, no, because I have a follow-up question, but go ahead. But, but like, um, so like just one example. So we do geo filtering and we do geo targeting. So like when we're working with clients that have these huge events, we just geofence where everyone is. So when they walk into a certain area, they get something, right? So we geofence and then we create these custom lenses. Well, the lens looks so much branded with the event they're at that festival, people use it. But there's so many other uh, sections of that filter that are really brand specific for our clients. And so instead of, you know, forcing these ads on, people are taking, we had on one time, we spent $140 and we had 1,600 people use our lens at the event. They're voluntarily being spokesmen for the ad because the filter looked that great. And then from there, we we retargeted with ads for that brand and then got them off of Snap. Well, okay. Yeah, that's my big problem with Snapchat, which I've never been a fan of because I'm like, well, how do you monetize this? You can't bring them off the platform. At least you couldn't a year or two ago when I was studying it. Um, and how do you get them into a funnel and, and can you do that with these lenses? Yeah. So yes and no. So I will say it's very organic and this is why I'm like, it's, you've got to be really specific with it. It's got to be either very relevant to the person, right? They're, they're using the lens because it, it reflects on them. It looks great. It's a great lens for that there to be a retargeting ad. It has to be very centralized on what they just did and why it benefits them. So for example, when we're at festivals, we're looking at certain artists or performers or brands that are appealing to that audience. After they're at that concert, we're not running ads for the next two days. We're just running ads for the next 12 hours hard to them. And we're giving them a reason why they need to opt in or go off a platform to sign up on a website. So if they're really enjoying this festival, they love this artist or something like that, we'll say either enter to get into this swag and it's all about this one type of artist or they're at this festival, or you were just at this event there is this kind of thing at the event, like say for instance, if you're at um, Bonner, there, there can be tons of ones, but there's tons of booths that people have out. And um, one I'm thinking about exploding kittens, they have this vending machine, it's crazy, but we're going to now say, hey, you just saw this vending machine at this event. I, I'm not, I doubt that you got to get all those prizes, come over here. And then we're having them opt in off of Snap and now we got them. Just seems like a lot of work when you could just use another platform like Instagram that you can get into a funnel a lot faster. Am I wrong? It, it, you could. Um, the I found that Snap for two reasons. I think it also goes into so okay. So Instagram, yeah, it's going to be a lot faster for Snap. I'm having a deeper relationship because number one, they're self-selecting themselves using my filter, so they already know that it's it's the branding that we're, we're providing. They're now self-selecting themselves to opt in and be on this other list. So for me to siphon through, they've already done two voluntary actions. By the time they go onto my list, I'm asking what they're struggling with, what they're doing with whatever, and now I've got them. They've already interacted with me. They've already, and now I'm, I'm good. And for Snap, because so many people aren't paying attention to Snap, again, we, we had over 1,500 people do an action. We spent $140 
I mean, so again, it's very, very selected in what you're doing and why you're on that platform. But as many things as we do on Snap, the same reason we do Reddit ads, right? It's very highly specific to a niche audience that we've already know because of the, the, the person we're working with, the brand, and then we bring them on that way. Got it. Okay. Makes sense. I, uh, I'll check it out and um, would uh, love to see any case studies you have on that. But we've got to move to the second question. It took way longer than I thought, but it was very <laughs> interesting. I, I'm very interested in it. Um, who are you learning from in sales or marketing today? Who, who are you paying attention to? Mm. You know what? That's an interesting question. Um, so... I just try to look at ones that are not in my industry mm -hmm. and see if I can see what they're doing and then bring it over. That's uh, ja yeah. I, I mean, Jasmine Starr, I really like. Hmm. Um, uh, I, 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 you know what? I do a lot of research on, I go to Creative Live. I love that platform. Mm -hmm. And I look in a very different area that I'm not in. I go into the crafting section. I go into ones uh, dealing with, uh, music. And I just look for different ones that are standing out and then I go follow them for a while. Because I find that if I'm in digital marketing, sometimes I start, I'm just insaturated with everything that looks all the same because everyone's just looking at the same thing. Um, so I try to do that. And then the other thing was, this is really random, really random. So I'm just letting you know, but we were we're moving into this new space and it's this old factory. I mean, this factory had been there since like 1902. And um, there was this this, this, uh, the old founder, he's long dead, but he had all of his salesman books from 1921 to 1940. And it's these small books where it's how to be a great salesman in that year, like 1929, 1931. And it's pretty refreshing. Some of, I mean, there are just so many tactics yeah. that are tried and true. And I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, they said it 100 years ago. And so I'm just taking a lesson. I'm just writing down one. They have one a day. And I just look at that and I write some notes. And I mean, it's, it's, it has application right now. So that's what I've been doing. Yeah, because human nature doesn't change. It's, uh, it's interesting. So um, you, where do you find these things? Um, the, you mean the salesman books? Yeah. They, 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 so they moved locations. They had been there over a hundred years. We were there and we're moving all their stuff in and they left all of their, all of these salesman books from the twenties. Wow. And I was like, well, what are they going to do? They're like, everyone's just going to throw them out. I was like, why would you throw this out? And then I just, I just brought them into the office. And then, so I just have them. But I, I mean, I got to look at, I mean, obviously those companies are supposed to be long gone, but I was like, they're literally, it's the year and it's being how to be a good salesman. That's what it says on the cover. And that, that's, that's how I found them. <laughs> Very random. Yeah. I'm, I'm, and I know, uh, cause I've seen Seth Godin kind of do this. He, he'll go back to some old marketers and kind of repurpose some of that stuff and respin it and you know, serve it up as, as new, you know, because he's applying it to a 2019 or 2020 context. So I, I think that's a genius idea. Okay. Um, everyone go find those salesperson books from the 1920s and uh, <laughs> see what you can do with them. All right. So uh, let's finally wrap things up. Uh, if you are interested in scheduling a free 15-minute discovery call with Doc, where can they find you? And I'll put this in the show notes. Yeah, no worries. So it's going to be at Brand Factory Inc. 
com, and you can go there. There's the first opt-in is saying, uh, let us do it for you. And that basically triggers uh, the assessment so we can know more about you. And it's a free 15-minute discovery call, finding out what you're struggling with, what you need to have, and specifically about building a signature product, something that stands uh, the the standard, you know, the length of time and really talking about your brand. We go through all of that. So we hear about what you're looking for and then, uh, then we, we have the meeting. Excellent. All right. So uh, I'm going to wrap things up. And uh, as always, if you like this podcast and you like Doc or if you like me, please provide a review in whatever you're listening, uh, whatever platform you're listening to us on because they really encourage us and give us the feedback to bring on more guests like Doc that just tell us how to do things. Not a lot of fluff except for the Snapchat stuff. No. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, Doc, wonderful to have you as always and uh, look forward to talking to you in the next uh, uh, few months. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. A reminder that we are not financial advisors and anything we talk about or refer to on the show should not be considered or construed as financial advice. We encourage you to do your own research and come to your own conclusions.